God's Last Word to Sinners. In the 13th chapter of the Gospel according to Matthew, in the 30th verse, we find <clears throat> that the Lord is talking and giving an example about the wheat and the tares. Wheat being the saved and the tares being the lost. Listen to what he said. He said, let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them and gather the wheat into my barn. And in verse 49, he said, so shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and shall sever the wicked from among the just. Sinner friend, these scriptures and others that I will be reading makes my heart tremble because I know what you're hearing is some of the last words that God is going to say to you. And he tells us how it's going to be. He tells us in Matthew 25 and 32, And before him, God, shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. So you see, here we go again. God sending forth his angels to separate the sheep from the goats. He's telling you that there is going to be a final separation and you will be called away from time, from your family, from the preachers, from the things of this life. And he said to the man that was in hell already, and besides all this, between us and you, there is a great guff fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. He's saying those that would go there and, and get their loved ones out of this awful prison house, they can't. And those that are there that would come to us, they cannot. He said it'll be like this. I tell you, in that night there shall be two men in one bed. The one shall be taken and the other left. There's going to be a separation. And in this, he said, in that night... Is the Lord going to come back in a night when you're asleep and uh, you're not thinking about your soul or couldn't think about your soul and all those things? I don't know. The day and the hour knoweth no man, Jesus said. So we have to take him at his word because his word is true and it's eternal. And he said also that 
uh, he would uh, say to those that were very religious people, they said, Lord, have we not done many wonderful works in thy name? And that's what the human race today is trying to do, is trying to show God what kind of good works they're doing. And God, you, I deserve to go to heaven. I've been a good person. I've treated my neighbor right. I haven't stolen anything, never been drunk, never committed adultery. Of course, that's a lie. You have. You've committed in your heart, even if you didn't do it physically. But he said, then I'll profess. Now, this is the seventh chapter of Matthew and verse 23. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart. Do you hear God's last word to you? Is depart. Leave here. Be removed from the place where you are. Depart into everlasting fire because I never knew you. And in verse 22, I'm just going to use the, the scriptures that are in line with this. You can read it all if you want to, but in chapter 22 and verse 13, then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And in the 25th chapter of Matthew in verse 46, he said, And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Uh, he's going to come forth with his angels. He's going to separate the wicked from the righteous. He's going to separate the sheep from the goats. He's going to separate his children from those of Satan's children. And he said, the Son of Man, shall, 13th chapter of Matthew in verse 41, the Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire, there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. You know, wailing, can you just hear a woman down over her dead child as she wails and weeps and mourns and cries? That's nothing in comparison to what that's going to be in that great and awful day whenever God says his last words to the lost. And it's going to be a hard time for anybody. I don't care. And uh, in the 25th chapter of Matthew, in verse 41, Then shall he also say to them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell was not prepared for you. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. And in the 20th chapter of the book of the Revelations, it says and he saw an angel come down from heaven and take a great chain and bind that old serpent, the devil. And friends, the devil himself is going to be brought under that controlling hand of God. And uh, it's going to be an awful time. 
uh, he even said this. Now, he does not mean this literally, of course. But he said, then, uh, and if thy hand offend thee, cut it off, for it is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched. What about these poor old lost souls that say that hell is the grave? I've preached way over a hundred funerals. I don't know how many. But I've never I've looked down in graves for years. I've never seen any fire there. But God says there's in hell there's fire. And it'll never be quenched. You know, all the crying and the weeping and the gnashing of teeth is not going to change your situation because God has spoken his last word, which is depart. You see, you've stood before that awful uh, day of judgment whenever uh, your sins will be judged, each and every one of them. And you have millions of sins, don't you? In your lifetime, your heart has just been full of it. And each one of them is going to be judged. If you think that God is going to forget, oh no, he does not forget anything. And as I said, this is awful. He keeps talking about, and if I offend thee, pluck it out. For it's better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Now that's the second time that we have read in God's word where he said, and the fire, the fire is not quenched. And this is where the angels are going to throw you. Whenever God says depart, they will uh, grab you up. They'll throw you into that fire that will never be quenched. You know, uh, in the 16th chapter of the gospel according to Luke, all of us are familiar with Lazarus and the rich man. And I just want to read this again, uh, where that, we find the rich man uh, in chapter 16 and verse 20 through down through 24. And it, shall, it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. You see, there's the righteous right there. That man that died as a beggar, he was righteous. He had been saved by the grace of God. And the rich man also died and was buried and in hell, listen, and in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and saith Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue. Listen, for I am tormented in this flame. He talks about being tormented. He talks about the flame. So the people who believe the grave is hell, they have got it all wrong. This is something 
that you can't be wrong about. You can be wrong about so many things. But my friend, you better not be wrong about what you have in your heart whenever the time comes for you to die and meet God. Now, I'm, I'm going to read some more. I, I want you to know that you're hearing from God's word. That's his voice. His word is his voice. When the Holy Spirit speaks this word to your heart, then that's God talking to you. And you know, if you'd be honest, I believe you'd say that he's talked to me ever since I was... Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years old, somewhere in there. We don't know when the years of accountability is for each person. But let me say that in this, we find out that God is an unsparing God. He is just, and He's going to do that which is just regardless of what men say or do. You know, we've had uh, so many text messages or letters from people saying, oh, uh, there's no hell. A loving God wouldn't send anyone to hell. No, he wouldn't. Because he said, it's not my will that any should perish, but all would come to repentance. So if you don't come to repentance, then it's you that is enabling the angels to throw you into that lake of fire that has no end. It's never quenched. And so it is that when we see that God is unsparing in his justice and that he will judge sin, I just want to show you some illustrations from the scripture that teaches us that God does not spare in anything. In Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 4, it says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment... Let's stop right there just a moment. These angels were already in heaven. They were already there. But they sinned. They followed Lucifer, that archangel, that was so beautiful. He was robed in such glory. And he deceived, I believe, third, a third part of the angels. And he was cast down to hell. God didn't spare him. Because he was in heaven, he was not spared because he sinned. Now, let me quickly tell you that in heaven, you, if you've been saved, you'll never sin because you've been saved by grace the angels were never saved by grace. They were created to serve God, but they rebelled. And so down to hell 
the devil came and the angels came with him. And they're reserved in chains of darkness waiting on the day of judgment. But God said to them, depart. You can't stay up here and sully my beautiful mansions of glory and beauty. Get out of here. All right, let's just read some more. In Second Peter chapter uh, 2, verse 5. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Do you believe that God destroyed the old world? Doesn't matter whether you do or don't. He did. How many people were here? Was it eight people? Oh, no, 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 no. It was a, a great number of people. You can go back to the fifth chapter of the book of Genesis, and you'll find out six men lived to be over 900 years old. Adam lived to be 930. Methuselah lived to be 969. So all in between, there, there were men that lived over 900 years. So how many people lived on this earth whenever that flood came? We don't know. But we could give a conservative estimate and say there was probably over a billion people that perished in that flood. Even the atheists will have to admit that there was a flood on this earth. There's no question about that. Even heathen religions know, and they have their own version of a flood. But let me say that the Bible says that the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Friends, it's going to get bad. I mean, it's going to get far beyond any description that any human tongue has ever expressed. In 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, he said, And the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. God's going to make a final separation. Now here's the one that you need to really, really think about. He's talking about these false prophets. This is in the book of Jude. He's talking about the false prophets and the ungodly that have followed them. And here's what he has to say in verse 13. <clears throat> Raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame. Listen. Wandering stars to whom is reserved, listen, the blackness of darkness forever. Can you believe that that smoke 
of their torment is going to ascend up forever. Well, let's just read it. In the 14th chapter of Revelation and the 11th verse, he said, And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast in his image and whosoever received the mark of his name. And verse uh, 20, chapter 20 and verse 15, and who was uh, not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. What would it take to convince you that your destiny is hell if you don't get saved and you're going to hear God's last word, which is depart? You're not going to hear from him anymore. You've heard from him through the preaching of his word. You've heard from him through the Holy Spirit as he has dealt with your heart. When you saw an accident and someone was killed and you thought, oh, that could happen to me. But I was spared. You know, in the eighth chapter of the book of Romans, and I believe the 32nd verse, I'm not looking at it, but I will. It won't take me but a second. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, well, let's read uh, verse 31 and 32. What shall we say then of these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Now, if God's standing on your side, you have nothing to worry about. The devil, all his angels, all the sin that there is in this world or ever will be cannot touch you. Because if God be for you, who then can be against you? Now let's listen to this verse. He that, this is verse 32, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So you see, God didn't even spare his son. Why? Why did God not spare his son? Well, I can tell you. His son was carrying your sin to the cross. And because he had taken the responsibility of your sin, God had to judge him. And oh, what a judgment that was. <clears throat> but that's one reason why we can rejoice is because since our sin has been paid for, in the person of Jesus Christ, when he was our substitute, when he took our place, when he went to the cross and he died, when the wrath of God was poured out on him, God spared him not. And I tell you, this is going to be an awful time because when those, well, let me just say this. Whenever uh, we read about God saying to the angels, bind them hand and foot, cast him into the fire. Now, that's some of the last words you're going to hear God say. But that's not the last word. The last word is depart. Be separated from me. Be separated from your loved ones. 
Now, uh, friends, I don't know uh, how else to say this, but Jesus said this in the 10th chapter of Matthew, whenever he said, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both, listen, both body and soul in hell. What about people saying that we won't go to hell? We'll just go to the grave. Well, you can just go to the grave if you want to. I'm going to heaven by the grace of God. All these people who are listening that have been saved, you're going to heaven by the grace of God, not by works of righteousness which you have done because you don't have any righteousness. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. And whenever the Lord was denouncing these false preachers, he said, you serpents, you damnation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? Now here's something you're going to hear just before you hear depart, before the day of judgment. In John chapter 5 and verse 28, he said, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which they that are all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. All of them, all of them, the righteous and the wicked. And they shall come forth, they that have done good under the resurrection of life, they that have done evil under the resurrection of damnation. You're going to be in the resurrection. You might laugh at all of this about the judgment of God, the anger of God, the fury of God, the last word of God. You may laugh at all of that. But don't you worry, my friend. You will be in the resurrection. I don't know which one. If you've done good, meaning uh, if you have been saved by God's grace, then you'll go to heaven. But if you haven't, you can believe that hell will be your home. Now let me ask you this. See if you fall into one of these categories of who is going to be judged. Now this is in the 21st chapter of the book of Revelation chapter 21 verse 8. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. You'll die physically, yes. But then if you're lost, you'll die a second death. That's, death means separation. So that's what he's saying all through this. There's going to be a separation. I'm going to divide you as the sheep from the goats. I'm going to divide you as the wheat from the tares. Do you see? Do you see? Do you understand that if you don't get right with him, what your plot is going to be? Your plight is... I'm not able to uh, verbalize it. I can't put it into words. But all I know is that the Bible tells us that in 2 Thessalonians verse 
chapter 1, verse 9, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord, from the glory of his power. So when he says depart, it's going to be a departure. You're going to depart because the angels who are so mighty in power, they're going to bind you hand and foot and throw you into that lake of fire, into the blackness of darkness forever. There'll never be an end to it. You're not going to get out. No, sir. You're going to be right there. Is that what you want? After God spared not his own son, but laid on him the iniquity of us all, the Bible says. And so he paid that debt that you and I just could not pay. Don't tell me how good you are. You are just like me. You don't have any righteousness. The righteousness that we have is in our heart that was put there in that new birth by the Holy Spirit when we were born again. God help you to be saved today.